There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Hello, Amanda. Hey, Emily. Good to see you. You too. Welcome back from your trip. Okay. Thank you. It's good to be back. (laughs) Yeah. Amanda was recently out West visiting some family in Oregon. Um, Oregon. Yes. I brought back this Oregon State University water cup. Go Beavs. It looks like a good one. My niece, uh, my oldest niece is starting college there this fall. I'm very uh, proud of her and excited for her. So um, picked up a little souvenir for support. Yeah. That's super exciting for her. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of vacations, um, I'm sure everyone's been seeing, so since it's summer right now, we're recording on July 12th. Um, I've been getting some FOMO and jealousy looking through Instagram and seeing everyone's amazing trips. Um, I don't tend to travel in the summer. We're off-season travelers, so um, oh, yeah. don't feel too bad for me. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Have you been seeing that as well? Yeah. I saw um, pictures from Switzerland, England, Italy, um, just beautiful. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Port- Portland is scenic too, but not like <laughs> not like the Swiss Alps, right? Oh my um, gosh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that kind of brings us into, you know, if we're talking about going to international destinations for vacation um maybe you should also be thinking about investing internationally and um before we get into that though today's episode is going to just kind of be a combination of some current events so we will talk about international investing um the fed a little bit and then we'll wrap it up with student loan debt and a success story for someone who followed some of our uh personal finance advice, but let's get back into international investing. If you want to take it, take it away. Yeah. Well, I think international investing where, I mean, we're calling it sort of a current event, but it's always something that we, um, rec, you know, use in our client portfolios. Um, so we get access and, um, diversity to international markets. Um, a lot of people tend to have a domestic bias when it comes to investing. Um, Mm -hmm. and we do see people, you know, who have a hundred percent of their portfolio in the U S stock market. Um, but when you do that, you're really missing out on a broader world of, of companies and investment opportunities and diversification. So there's always good reasons to be investing internationally. Um, I think our colleague, Danielle Woods, recently wrote up a blog post that got into some more details and some more numbers and and good reasons for doing this um, in general. Um, but I think, you know, one of the reasons it's, it's uh, we're including it in like a current events 
story is that um, international markets right now are outperforming domestic markets, um, and they have been for the past 18 months. Um, this is significant because usually, uh, or well, not usually, but for the past, um, what, 15 years or so, oh, yeah. Um, the U.S. domestic markets have been outperforming international. So it's been usually, you know, you see an up and down, back and forth between the two. And it's just been a while since we've had the back and forth. And and mm -hmm. the moment for international investments seems, you know, like it's arrived. Um, and we'll see how long it continues for. Yeah, that is definitely true. So for some people, like myself included, my time horizon that I've been investing, it's always been that the domestic market has outperformed international. So a whole, I don't know, generation of people has never even really considered, like, why would we invest in international if it's not performing as well as what we know here domestically? Yeah. Um, but also speaking of like, what we know, people a lot of people are more comfortable investing in companies that they've heard of, maybe that they even, you know, purchase on their own. But um, there are several international companies that would, you would know as well. Um, what are some of those, Amanda, that come to mind? Oh, well, I think it's a lot of um, consumer products you see all the time. You know, I think um, like Louis Vuitton is the biggest company in France. I mean, I feel like everybody has heard of them. Um, probably some people haven't, but um, that's huge. And yes, that's a French company, but they sell their products worldwide. Um, so if you think, oh, maybe I don't want to invest in Europe. I don't know what's going on with Russia. You know, I don't know how the economy is doing there. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, that's true. Fair. But also... Yeah, fair enough. But also they're not just selling their handbags in France, right? They're selling them in the United States. They're selling them in China. They're selling them worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, so just because the company is is located in France, you know, doesn't mean they're only selling it in France. We're in, you know, a global economy, right? Um so that's, you know, that's one that comes to mind um, as a European company, obviously, you know, Japan, there's tons of companies out of Japan from Sony to Nintendo um, that we all use like in our everyday lives. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of something from, you know, other there's uh, countless yeah. things you can name. So yeah. you had mentioned Nestle. Oh, Nestle. Yes, Nestle. Yeah. Um, is a big one. Um, I'm trying to think what Nestle products I use at home. I mean, we do a lot of hot chocolate in our house because we have kids, but um, I always have like the Nestle Toll House cookie, everything like ready to make those. Oh, so, like, yeah. The chocolate chips. Yeah. 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 Just exactly. They have a lot of chocolate products, <laughs> but they have other stuff too, like uh, coffee. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, just like a ton of things, you know, that you use day to day and you think, oh, international investments, that's something far away. That's like the Swiss Alps, but no, we're, we're talking about, you know, major companies. Um, and, you know, there's also, you know, small companies out there too. And there's good reasons to invest in, in small and mid cap international companies as well that you might not have heard of. Um, 
as much as like a Louis Vuitton or Nestle, but um, those are all can be worthwhile investments in an investment portfolio as well. Yes, absolutely. So we will link that blog post in the show notes at connectingthedollars.com. And hopefully you'll take a look and maybe consider some investments that you may not have in the past. Um, But bringing it back to the U.S. here, what is going on with the Fed right now? Um, I know we're kind of in the middle, like there was a meeting a few weeks ago and there's another meeting three weeks from now. So we're kind of just waiting, waiting, paused, we're paused. We're having our hawkish pause right now. Hawkish pause. Yes. Um, I don't know why that phrase is just so... I don't know. It reminds me of the Saturday Night Live skit where they they have the sweaty balls. Hawkish <laughs> pause. It Hawkish sort pause. of like rhymes. I don't know. It's just like satisfying to say. And yeah. it also is like, what does it mean? Yeah. And it's sort of, yeah, it's fun to say. Um, so what does it mean, actually? <laughs> so I think um, it's um, the Fed right lately has been hiking interest rates very quickly in an unprecedentedly fast way. Um, I think we've covered that plenty on this podcast, or you've, yes. hopefully people have seen that on the news. And, um, you know, the question has always been, well, when are they going to stop uh, raising rates? Because it's a lot um, for people to absorb and for the economy to absorb. And and how much of that hike, you know, what's the effect? It takes time for that to play out. Um, and because they have been raising rates so quickly, it's like, have we seen the impact really of the, that that hike yet? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we started to see it a little in, in March with the, with the regional bank, a couple of banks collapsed um, and people thought, you know, well, the Fed's going to raise rates until they break something. Was that, was that it? Um, was that the broken thing? But since March, you know, it seems like for the most part, the banking sector, you know, is under some strain, but, you know, we haven't seen any more bank collapses. Um, So it seems okay for there for now. And so, you know, um, we're just kind of, just kind of waiting. It's like a little bit of of waiting. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So the Fed, right. So then we go back to the Fed has a dual mandate right, to both maximize employment and to keep inflation down. And inflation has been dropping. Um, we've gotten some good numbers back, but it's still higher than they want it to be, right? Um, but the labor force has been really resilient. You know, I think the the, the layoff numbers have been going up, um, but also people have been finding new jobs. Mm-hmm. So um, people are going on the unemployment, but they're not staying on it for very long. Right. Um, at least in my like personal circle of people I know who have been laid off recently, I, that's what I've seen as well. Like yeah. it's been sort of a short layoff period, which is great. And it can be really stressful to be laid off. Right. So I'm really happy that the people I know are able to get back to work. But um, absolutely. But yeah, so I'm going off track a little bit, but the hawkish part is the Fed wants to stay hawkish because they want to keep fighting inflation. They don't want people to think the inflation fight is over. Um, but also the pause part is from taking a break and letting, you know, the lagging indicators sort of catch up mm-hmm. to see how these rate hikes have really impacted our economy. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Good explanation, Emily. Um, 
Well, I was trying to think of what the opposite of a hoggish pause was. I got a little distracted in my own mind. Mm. Like a squirrelish play. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, that's a good Sorry. question. Let's move on. Yeah, we yeah, should though we should ask people to 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 chime in on that one in yeah. the comments or on um I don't think on the podcast page there's nobody to comment, but you can send an email. Yeah. What's the opposite of a hawkish pause? Yes, tell us. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so with all this going on, how does it affect how you might invest or how investors are looking at choosing new investments or like their strategies currently? Yeah, um, I think a lot of that comes to play in the bond market. Um, well, I mean, the stock market as well, but I think the the moves from the Fed obviously is impacting rates, which impacts what bonds are paying. Um, and as right as rates go up, the price of bonds go down. Um, and so, you know, we just go back to the the phrase, you can't fight the Fed. The Fed's gonna do what the Fed's gonna do. Um, and we can't control that. So what what can we do? Um so probably you know, the chances are, you know, we can't predict the future. So you have to hedge it a little bit also, Mm -hmm. but you think, okay, the Fed can't keep raising rates forever. Right now, the outlook is that they're going to do another 50 basis points or 0.5% this year. So a lot of uh, predictions are 25 basis points at the next meeting, and then another 25 basis points increase later in the year. Um, And then at that point, um, they will pause completely. And then at some point they're going to have to cut rates again. Right. Mm-hmm. And when that's going to happen, maybe later this year, maybe into 2024, but we do know that chances are they probably are going to cut rates at some point right? within the next year. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we don't know. That's what people are saying, but, we but yeah, exactly. Happen. So, um, but when the, the rates go down, bond prices are going to go up um, right. and you want to, and that impact is greater, the longer your bond duration is, right? So the length of time. So if you issue a bond today and it matures five years from now, that duration would be five years. So the longer your duration, the bigger that impact is. So if you're out on like a 20 year bond, the rate goes down, the price goes up, that's amplified the further out your duration is. So, um, you know, we're thinking things like, is it time to extend duration so that we can capture that big impact for when rates are cut? We Mm -hmm. can see those, those prices go up on our bonds. Um, those types of things. Yeah. So it's still like a very long-term view and nothing, whatever the Fed is saying right now is not like completely changing a strategy and being like, oh, now we have to switch all this to this, to that, to, you know, it's not huge changes, but yeah, definitely um, there's little tweaks you can make. And so talk to us if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. It does your get, portfolio. It does get, bond co- portfolios do get complicated, um, mm-hmm. especially like us. We don't just buy the bond index and let it ride. Mm-hmm. We, you know, actively manage our bond portfolios. And so um, what works for one person is obviously different than what works for another person. Right. And it depends on your time horizon and if you can absorb, 
you know, the potential for your bond portfolio to go down, or if you can't, um, there's lots of different uh, yeah. considerations, but in general, you know, we're looking at extending duration out. So. Okay. Um, awesome. Um, okay. So let's jump over to our last two subjects and wrap up here. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else to go on? I feel like I talked about like the Fed and the bond market like way too long and we probably lost like everybody, but. Well, now we're back. Uh, hopefully everyone so, I think it's so interesting, but I it don't is. think it dry. Uh, yeah, so. It, yeah, it's hard to understand it, but if you take the time, it's, yeah. it is interesting. It's an interesting and strategy. I, do, I know we're talking about uh, student loan payments next, mm -hmm. and that's, um, you know, that's, that's a tough thing with debt, with the Fed's rates being elevated, the interest rates you're paying on your student loans, uh, if you don't have a rate locked in or your credit card, mm -hmm. um, is is tough, right? Yeah, definitely. So. Um, and if you are someone who um, has a student loan and you haven't had to pay it in the last couple years, you've probably heard or read about um, the the payment coming back this fall. So the Biden administration recently or somewhat recently had announced that they were going to for, like do their student loan forgiveness program. But the Supreme Court just was it last week struck down and saying it was, I don't know, he made a unilateral decision and it wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't cool. So That's unfortunately, process, Emily. yeah, you know, uh, I read the article and my, I don't know, I just yeah. had to change yeah. it to, uh, see my everyday speak um so basically the loans are the interest is going to start accruing september 1st of 2023 and then the payment is going to be due october 1st and there's also a year grace period they're giving people currently or is this in the new in the new with the resumption of payments there's right. um the interest is going to start accruing but if you miss a payment um, it's not going to impact your credit and it won't send you into default. Right. So it's a kind of transitionary grace period, I guess. Right. So yeah, with, if nothing else gets passed, that's, what's going to happen. Um, but allegedly the Biden administration is trying to work on a new, um, something new, <laughs> a new yeah, bill like for new this debt cancellation, a new debt cancellation program. So hopefully for those with, um, student debt they were hoping it was going to be forgiven hopefully it still will affect you um but unfortunately in the financial world sometimes you just have to be conservative and plan for the worst mm -hmm. so if you can right now i mean it's july so that's mid-july july august september so you've got like about three months to prepare if your student loan payment is coming back so maybe it would, would be a good time to take a look at your budget, see how that would affect you. Are there some small things you can cut to help make that um, that repayment not as significant? Because it's been in, you haven't had to pay in what, like three years now? Mm -hmm. Something like yeah. that. So you can really get used to it, yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking as someone who's gonna have to start repaying my student loans here very soon. So I'm yeah, hopefully you, not used to it. So you're used to having that extra, you know, couple hundred dollars or maybe even more in your pocket, like it's hard to cut that back. Yeah. Um, and on that note, our last 
thing we wanted to talk about um, is actually a success story. So we'll leave on a positive note. Um, this is someone I know personally. And a few years ago, she was just like, there's nothing I can do. I have this debt and I'm drowning and I'm just making minimum payments. And like, you know, I don't see, I feel like I've cut everything. I don't see where I can even start. And she was very stressed out. She is very hardworking, has a good full-time job and also does, you know, has a side job. So it's not like she's, you know, she's trying, she's working her butt off and she has two kids. So, um, just kind of little by little, I would say, you know, I'm her friend. I wasn't trying to be her financial advisor, but I would just try to encourage her to say, maybe call this credit card company, ask if they can lower your rate because you are paying the minimum payments. They see that you're, you know, consistent, but you can't get ahead. So um, this was a couple of this was like two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. So over the past you know, two years, every now and then we would talk a little bit about it. And I'd say like, oh, I just learned about this. Like maybe that will help. And just yesterday she, um, I saw her and she was like, I'm so excited. I just paid off one whole credit card. I'm finally saving. I went through my whole budget and canceled, you know, two subscriptions that I realized I wasn't using. Um, And she was just so excited and so different from where she was two years ago. And I believe it, it yeah. takes so much time, you know, yeah it's, yeah, it's kind of awful, but then it takes so much time. Like we want things to be fixed right away. Um, I think in every aspect of our lives, but you it's just, have true, to, right? yeah, yeah, you just have to start somewhere mm-hmm. um, and just make these little tweaks. And yeah, so she's a lot happier. She, I think she did get into some program through one of her credit cards that allows you um, to have a lower rate for a certain period of time and was able to consolidate a few credit cards. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if, I mean, I didn't know all these things existed, so you can just ask. It doesn't hurt to call and ask if you have, you know, yeah. Yeah. a couple of minutes. It's true. I, and I think that there's something to it. It's not just a a number issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a number issue, but it's also, it's like a psychological, yeah. it's like um, in our society, debt is like a moral failing almost and mm-hmm. contribute to those really like bad feelings. Like people feel bad about themselves yeah. for having this debt and then yeah. they get overwhelmed and it just becomes difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, I, I do this to myself. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. And so mm-hmm. just that, you know, taking that first step and and dealing with it can be really difficult for people, you know? And then once you're on the other side, you're just like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? Um, but, you know, then you can't beat yourself up for that either. Right. You know, you know and just know. your best. You just, yeah. You it's just going to take it. some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just start somewhere and mm-hmm. yeah. think of yourself in a year from now or even six months. Like this is going to be so much lower and it's going to, I don't know. Just yeah. anything that helps you kind of visualize um, yeah. being where you And probably be. her stress level is probably so much better, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that can help in all aspects of your life, like just your your mental health, your physical health, like definitely a functional parent for your kids, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. good all around. So yeah. So if you feel like 
Yeah. If you feel like, you know, you can't get ahead and it's just like, you're never going to be able to overcome something. Just, yeah. I don't know. Start with a quick call or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ask for help. If you yeah, need it. exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's not easy. Okay. okay. So did we end on a happy note? I hope so. Yeah. It's a success story and I'm taking no credit. It's just like, I wanted to share her journey. Like that's yeah. all she did it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's end there. And okay. Uh, any final thoughts or should we just move along? Yeah, I think um we could do a deeper dive on international investing sometime. Um, if you would like to hear that, um, let us know. Mm -hmm. Um, we like to give our audience what they want. So yes. And you can find everything at connectingthedollars.com, email us questions. Um We'll be here. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to ConnectingTheDollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at ConnectingTheDollars.com. Or if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.